Good evening. I'd like to call to order the January 18th, 2024 Planning Commission regular meeting. First item is roll call. Ms. Hoeksma? Commissioner Brinson? Here. Commissioner Callahan? Here. Commissioner Galuska? Present. Commissioner Lynn? Here. Commissioner Mosier? Here. Vice Chair Wamashonde? Present. And Chair Sager? Here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next is approval of the agenda. Does anybody wish to make any changes? Agenda is approved. Approval of the meeting minutes from January 4th, 2024. Anybody have changes? Minutes are approved. That brings us to our public comment period. Ms. Hoeksma, is there anybody signed up for public comment tonight? I do not have anyone signed up for general public comment. But okay, thank you. Uh, we are on to then our study item, which is the 2024 Comprehensive Plan Update. Discussion of vision alternatives, racial equity analysis, and phase two engagement. I think the description perhaps didn't get updated in your packets. I apologize. Um, here's our handy agenda. Just <laughs> tell what we are discussing. Um, so tonight we're going to have some introductions. We have a new face with us. This is Mandy Roberts. She is our consultant with OTAC, uh, the firm that is helps with our uh, technical uh, writing about the comprehensive plan. So they're doing a lot of wonderful work for us. Uh, she is going to be working on some, uh, on presenting on a couple of agenda items for you tonight, the um, specifically orienting you to the plan document where we'll go over sort of the outline of the comprehensive plan, the timeline of when we anticipate specific topics will be brought before commission, uh, acquainting you to the community profile. This is a lot of wonderful data analysis that OTAC has done for us and walking you through an evaluation example of a comprehensive plan goal and policy to see does it need to be updated? Is it consistent with state laws? Those kinds of things. Um, but before we get to Mandy, <laughs> um, I'll uh, provide a, uh, a uh, summary of our phase two engagement and all the work that we've been doing the past couple of months and then turn it over to Steve to discuss our updated vision for Shoreline. So phase two uh, public engagement occurred um, between July and no late November of 2023. And uh, we've done a number of things since uh, we were here last. Um, six tabling events at different community uh, community events, four interviews with some of our community-based organizations, three focus groups with uh, members served by those community-based organizations, four educational presentations where city staff uh, presented on what is a comprehensive plan, what's an update, how can you get involved, uh, we also conducted a, a workshop with our partners in Chamber of Commerce on economic development in Shoreline, uh, conducted an in-person open house, which also uh, doubled as our SEPA scoping meeting for the plan update, and uh, had an online open house, which included a survey for folks who wanted to engage on this topic digitally. So attached to your packets is the um, is the summary of the phase two outreach. It's quite long, but most of that is the analysis of the survey results, as well as the numerous uh, public comments we received during phase two. Um, and so what I'm gonna present to you tonight are just some top line themes that we pulled from all of these different uh, forms of outreach that we've been doing over the past couple months. Uh, a, a reoccurring theme was about increasing safety and in infrastructure. And when people talked about safety, they meant a couple of different things. Uh, a lot of people pointed to things like pedestrian safety, having adequate sidewalks, streetlights, and crossings so that people felt comfortable moving around, and so the important infrastructure that goes along with that. People also talked about uh, social and physical safety and making sure that there are services and the infrastructure in place to stabilize and reduce uh, the neighbors in our community who are experiencing homelessness. 
Nature, parks, and open space was a topic uh, well-beloved by the community. Uh, some themes that we heard around this were the importance of preservation of trees, the maintenance and expansion of our parks system, and more environmental education opportunities and opportunities for community building through engaging with nature. And so things, things uh, that came to mind might be something like community gardens or the park steward program. Uh, we also heard the importance of community service and uh, recreation opportunities. Uh, people wanted to see an increase in number of events, but also increase in the variety of events. And that if Shoreline were to establish uh, a, some cultural venues in the city where people could go to get their entertainment needs met without having to leave the city would be really nice to see. Uh, people also felt the importance of affordable housing and uh, local employment. Uh, when people were asked the question, what would make you leave Shoreline? A lot of people felt the high cost of housing might drive them out, as well as the lack of employment opportunities. So improving affordable housing, having more accessible forms of housing, and having uh, programs like robust tenants' rights can really help people feel stable in their housing choices, and while also making sure that we Ex, um, support and expand our local employment opportunities so that people don't have to commute as far in order to find employment. And then finally, we heard that people really want a third place, which is kind of a jargony term, but, but essentially uh, you exist in your home, you exist at work, and then the other places are third places. So places where people would like to go to spend time to recreate. And so a lot of people pointed to our neighborhood commercial centers that can be really uh, nice local districts where people can establish a sense of place and community. Some lessons learned from this phase of outreach. Uh, in this phase of outreach, we really worked on fostering partnerships with community-based organizations and community consultants. They helped us solicit feedback and create our outreach materials. And the comprehensive plan team would really like to extend our gratitude to the community-based organizations and community consultants who worked with us. Without them, phase two of engagement would not have occurred. <laughs> and so their time and labor is really deeply appreciated. And uh, some uh, things that we learned at this phase of outreach of what tactics really seemed to work um, for uh, reaching out for general feedback, looking for a general audience, sort of going wide. Online was really a pretty successful venue for that, or sort of hitching our wagon to um, existing community events, trying to host something specifically about the comprehensive plan, which can be difficult for people to get their arms around. Having that in person, we didn't garner as much um, involvement when it was sort of for a general audience. So online was really a good venue. But if we were trying to reach a key audience, like someone from our community-based organizations or on a key topic, like we had that workshop on economic development, we found that having an event in person really helped solicit deeper feedback. And that was a, a, a shift from what we did in phase one, where a lot of it was online through Zoom, that kind of stuff. And we had mixed success in phase one. So in phase two, some of the themes that we found is if we're going wide, going general, online's pretty good, but if we want to get specific, probably in person is the way to go. So we'll be taking that forward into uh, future phases um, as we work on engaging on specific topics like housing and the environment. And uh, finally, a lesson learned, uh, this came from one of our community consultants when we were creating the uh, educational presentation about the comprehensive plan. They noted that we are attempting to educate a parade. So people come to the topic of the comprehensive plan for the first time at a bunch of different times, even though we've been talking about it for months and are well versed in it. A lot of people, when we're out reaching out to them, it's the first time that they've heard of it. So it's really important that our, uh, our materials are accessible to people who've who again, are the, this is their first time hearing about this topic. So we wanna make sure even as we get further into the process um, and finalizing this document by the end of the year that we make uh, our outreach as accessible as possible. Now over to Steve. Thank you, Elise. Um, so we brought um, three vision alternatives to the commission 
Um, in the past, one was uh, very long, and it was just some minor tweaks of what we already had, and then we presented the commission two alternatives that were was much more um, concise and succinct. And um, so through that process of um, commission's um, input and uh, council feedback, which was really similar of preferring, um, if you remember, alternative number three, which really had to do more with the people of Shoreline and uh, more focused with people instead of the actual uh, place of Shoreline. Um, staff took that feedback and attempted to um, present a, I guess, a final draft statement, which would, um, what it does is kind of set out to put um, a tagline, which was what council was really looking for was something that was really short and sweet um, that you could just read and it kind of gives you the overview of what the vision could be for Shoreline. So uh, proposed in 2044, Shoreline is a welcoming, safe, and inclusive home to people from a diverse set of cultures and economic backgrounds. A city is a place made for people and one that fosters connections to the community, making the city even better for future generations. So that's what the vision starts with. And you could really stop there if you wanted to, but when you go on to a little further down, so the commission had a preference for putting our specific themes or topics we heard during uh, phase one and phase two outreach into um, yeah, themes or topics which are bulleted. So um, that would be first bullet, a leader in anti-racism, a model for sustainability, an economic and employment innovator, a city of walkable, well-connected neighborhoods, and a caring and informed community. So that would, it's kind of upfront, very easy to see, bulleted format, uh, bold, and then if you want to get more specific through those topics, <laughs> you can uh, read further and those would be explained with the uh, language underneath. Um, and I won't go uh, reading through all these. And then lastly, on the next slide, the vision wraps up again, uh, putting people first. So the last uh, sentence of the vision would be the people of Shoreline are committed to making the city even better for the next generation. So looking to the forward, and um, that is the draft, proposed draft. So um, you, you can give feedback now or, or mull it over, but um, we tried to capture all the, the uh, commissions and councils uh, thoughts and wrap it all together into uh, a better vision statement. Lisa Anybody have any something to say now? Yes, Commissioner Brinson. I really see all of our feedback in this vision, so I'm very, very appreciative of all the work you guys have done. So thank you. I agree. Yes, Vice Chair Ramachandran. Uh, same here. Great, so we'll bring that to the council Thanks. and see if that captures their comments as well. Thanks. Okay, thank you so much, Steve and Elise. And again, my name is Mandy Roberts. I am a, a principal planner at OTAC, and we are your consultants. We're very honored to be working with city staff and all of you as we look ahead to the next 20 years for Shoreline and put this plan together. So tonight I'm gonna run through a little bit about our timeline and process and some of the work that we've done, some, some findings that um, have come together on the community profile. And then looking ahead a little bit at what you will be seeing in the next few months as far as goals and policies and content of the plan for, for your review and doing a, a bit of an overview on that. So first of all, what you have here is kind of our high level schedule. I will have to say it, even though this is express, 
expressing things in kind of distinct steps. There's a little bit more intermingling and um, interweaving going on of these steps. For example, um, we will be doing focused engagement. We've done that as part of phase two, but we'll continue to have engagement along the way. And you see the public participation bar on the right-hand side. So, um, so just wanted to make sure that was clear. And as we uh, develop the, the draft plan, again, that's going to be in multiple steps coming to you in different modules of content. And we'll look at that in a minute. Um, so next slide. Or do you want me to do it? I can do it. Yeah. There we go. Oop. Very sensitive. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you. So this is our uh, plan outline that you see. And uh, I, I think it's somewhat similar to the last plan, but we have made a few changes. So we'll have the introduction content, which I'm going to go through in a little bit more detail in a moment, the community profile, and then each element of the plan. And, and the elements are shown on the right-hand side of the slide. Um, and for each element, we'll have goals and policies. And then as you had in, in your 2012 plan, we will have um, supporting analysis or background information in a separate section of the plan, which I think works really well to keep people kind of focused on goals and policies and, and the key areas of importance to the city. And then for those that want to take a deeper dive, they can get into the background um, reports, which are separated in the plan. We'll have an implementation and monitoring section, which will help in thinking of this as a living document that um, the city will be using as a guide towards the future and what are the specific actions that need to be implemented and monitoring completion of those. And then, of course, we'll have appendices. Okay. So this is uh, the plan for rolling out the different comprehensive plan elements at planning commission meetings coming up. And the way that we have this set up, we will be introducing um, goals and policies and a little bit of introductory content for each of these elements at one meeting. We'll give you the opportunity to review, put together comments, and then we'll discuss those comments at the next meeting. So this will give you ample time to really dig in and review the content related to each element get your comments and thoughts together, and then we'll discuss those at the next meeting. And then at that same next meeting, we'll introduce the next uh, module of content to you. And then you'll have another period of review for that. So we'll just keep cycling through these elements that you see here. Starting with, in February, we'll, we'll introduce the natural environment and the shoreline master program uh, draft elements to you. And then we'll go to transportation, land use, housing, economic development, community development, which is a new element, actually, which we're really excited about. And then we'll do parks, recreation, open space, and art, utilities, and capital facilities. And of course, just I'm sure you're aware of this, but elements such as the transportation element and the parks, rec, open space, PROSA, those will be very largely based on the, the plans that have recently been completed and adopted for, for transportation and PROSA. So I'm going to just stop for a moment to see if anybody has any questions about that particular process or the schedule at this point. Okay, great. Go to the next slide. Another thing that uh, I think is really unique about this update is we are working with staff and, and um, have identified these three lenses, which are really going to be common throughout the entire plan, throughout all elements, climate, equity and social justice, and housing. And we will be, as we review goals and policies, we actually have a matrix that lists these three lenses and looks at how goals and policies relate to those and support those um, all the way through the plan in all elements. So uh, you'll, you'll begin to see how that plays out as we start to look at elements um, next month. But um, it's pretty exciting and important. Okay. 
So um, we, as far as where we are right now, the introduction has been outlined and is being drafted now. Um, we're going to be uh, highlighting the community profile this evening. And then we're also working on several elements of the plan, more than are listed here, but the two that are first up, as I mentioned, are the environment element and the shoreline master program element. So the introduction outline is, we want it to be very reader friendly and um, we're going to have a lot of, of graphics and highlights in this. but. Um, the idea is just to help any, anyone understand, you know, what is a comprehensive plan, why we're doing the plan, what the context of the planning is, so how we're relating to the regional context and the county context will be part of that, um, understanding how we relate to the State Growth Management Act as well. We'll be talking about the planning process, how the plan was made basically and the future of the plan in terms of progress tracking and making updates, that it's a living document, uh, how the plan is structured, and of course the vision, which looks like we're getting really close, Steve, so that's exciting. Any comments on in the introduction section? Seems like what you would expect to see. Okay, very good. All right, now I'm just gonna for, for anybody that's a data geek like me, this will be exciting. I'm going to go through uh, some of the findings of the demographics and data analysis that we've done, which will be expressed in the community profile uh, for the plan. And so we have quite a few slides, and I think uh, this was all in, in, your, um, in the staff report as well. So I'll go through this rather quickly, but feel free to uh, pause or ask questions if you have any questions. So one thing that should not be a surprise is the community is seeing quite an incline of growth um, over the last uh, 10 years, especially as expressed in this graph. Uh, how does that compare to the region and your neighboring communities, which are also growing rapidly? So this slide kind of gives you a sense of where Shoreline is um, in comparison to some of your neighbors. Linwood, for example, is growing very rapidly. Seattle, of course, and look at little Kenmore. <laughs> a lot of growth there. Um, you know, I think it's no surprise the population growth that we're seeing in the region. We read about it in the paper all the time that's driving the demand for housing uh, of, of different types to serve different incomes. And there's a lot of legislation going on to support um, planning for this growth in, an, in a smart way. So um, that's why we're here. Um, that's why we want, we want this plan to be appropriate to address this growth and that the city plans um, smartly for transportation, utilities, infrastructure, public services, parks, and all of those things in line with the growth that, that we're expecting to continue to happen in Shoreline. One of the things that I think is, is interesting as well is the communities that have light rail stations that are going to be coming online fairly soon. Um, Linwood uh, has one station, Mount Lake Terrace has one. You guys have two. It's really a great opportunity for your community. Um, another thing that's happening, and I don't think it'll be a surprise to the community, but Shoreline is getting more diverse. Um, we're seeing a decline of white residents. And then we're seeing a growing diversity throughout the community. Um, in particular, um, with the, just within the last few years, um, increased in just different segments of racial categories here that you see. And it's just important for us to be aware of that so that um, we're thinking about things like how to reach out to these communities throughout um, the city and if we need to provide language translation for some of these communities. So just important for a planning perspective. Where are these different communities living? This map expresses um, the demographics and the lighter colors are the more diverse uh, areas of the city by census block group. So you can see that um, the central portion of the city is very, very diverse and then 
extending eastward out to um, I-5 and in the stationary communities as well, or stationary planning areas. I mentioned languages, just keeping tabs on that. Uh, some of the languages spoken at home, uh, other than English, that are of a greater proportion than the region as a whole include Chinese, um, here in Shoreline, as well as Russian and Slavic languages, Korean, Tagalog, Arabic. So again, that's something that we've been keeping tabs on and, and thinking about as we're going through the engagement process. Okay, guess what? We're getting older here in Shoreline. <laughs> I don't think this is, is a surprise either. America as a whole is getting older. We have a an aging cohort, we call it the um, silver tsunami of the um, baby boom generation that's getting older. But if we look specifically at Shoreline, um, you know, 42% uh, are in the age group of 35 to 64 compared to 40% in the region as a whole. And then the 65 and over is quite a bit more than compared to the region. So 20% here in Shoreline compared to 13% in the region. We also have, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to look at renter occupied versus owner occupied households and the level of cost burden. And this, this graph shows it pretty well, but I think this next one gives us an even better picture of some, of some of the challenges that we face. And so across the bottom, we see um, the, the um, income ranges uh, on the bottom of the graph. And then the green lines really represent the level of cost burden. So as you would expect, the severely cost burden and cost burden levels are much higher in lower income ranges and lower and higher income ranges. And then, you know, when you cross, uh, cross that with the number of households or the percentage of households that are in each of these income levels, you can see, um, you know, how that relates. It's just important for us to kind of keep tabs on this. Um, you know, what, how is this changing over time as well as something that the city will be looking at? Any questions about, this graph's kind of complicated, so I always like to pause. Is it making sense? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it makes sense, but one of the things that probably it tells a story that on where we need to invest. Yeah. So when you look at the age groups, it tells you that then there's, and you look at the age group, then you look at the renters, assuming that some of those renters fall within that age group, and you look at the homeowners and you're looking at cost burden, then it tells a story that probably we also need to invest in senior housing. Mm -hmm. And that's probably something that is uh, very crucial. Uh, so there's a story to tell in terms of opportunity. Kind of, these are good numbers, but there's also a story to tell. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Good observation. All right. We also have household size um, shown in the community profile and uh, education levels. So those are kind of interesting to look at. I wanted to, um, in particular, look at income levels across the community with you. So what's interesting here is that your median household income is about 11,000 less than King County's, but is very similar to the median household income for the entire region. So very similar to that. And then we, when we look at uh, income levels by block groups, and um, we look at this map, the lighter color areas represent the lower income households and where those are located. And again, I think, as, as was mentioned, this is telling us a story, perhaps of where certain types of investments may be needed to serve certain needs within the community. Okay, how are people traveling? 
And I think that we'll see a great level of change here soon uh, because right now um, the majority of, of your community drives alone when commuting to work. Um, and same with Mount Lake Terrace, same with Linwood. But once light rail comes online, I think we'll be watching this to see how it might shift and change. Uh, that said, when we look at how you're faring compared to the region on using different modes of transportation, your use of public transit is higher in your community compared to the region. Um, you also uh, drive more. Uh, oh, excuse me, no, you work from home more here. Um, but you carpool less, you walk less, you bicycle less, and you use rideshare and taxicab less. So I think we have a little work to do in terms of walkability and bicycling facilities, which I know is something that's addressed in the transportation master plan. All right, we're going to move on to talk about growth targets, and I know you've seen these numbers before. We're going to show you them again just to remind you that this is what we're planning for. Uh, so all cities are allocated targets within the county. There's a formulaic process that, that um, they go through based on OFM calculations and with PSRC alignment to regional um, models for growth. And so uh, basically the bottom parts of these blocks are showing the most recent, what we're calling baseline data for housing units and jobs. And we'll be looking at, okay, what happened between 2019 and 2014 as well as part of this and understanding what's been built since that time. But essentially our targets are by 2044, we need to add or, or have capacity, excuse me, I want to be clear about that. We need to have zoning capacity to support 13,330 new housing units and 10,000 new jobs in the community. That's what we've been assigned to do. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly going to happen. We just have to have the capacity for it in case it does happen. And then that's why this, will, this plan will be a living document because the city will be monitoring how growth is happening. And um, there may be some periodic updates to the comprehensive plan, um, you know, in, in the next five years or so, but it's, act it's actually required for the city to update the plan in 10 years. So at that point, we'll look and see where we are and we'll have new targets and we'll go through this process again. Okay. I'm not going too slow, you guys. I'm trying to <laughs> tell me if I need to go faster. Okay. So I'm not sure if, if this information has been presented yet, but another thing that communities are required to do, this is a new thing. It's based on House Bill 1220. Uh, and communities are now required to plan not only those, you know, for Shoreline, those 13,300 housing units, but also plan for types of units that are available to serve different income levels. And so across the bottom of this chart, you see the income levels and what's being expressed there is um, area median income percentages. So um, zero to 30 percent of area median income, 50, 30 to 50 percent, 50 to 80 percent, 80 to 100 percent, so forth. Uh, so what you get, so someone's done all this math, thank goodness. <laughs> and what we can see here is that for higher income levels, we need to, we need to provide 3,138 units, but we also need to provide 3,617 units for lower income levels, zero to 30%. So it just helps us as we're looking at land use and zoning zoning implementation as a result of the plan to understand where we need to hit the mark on different housing types and products to to fit these affordability needs. And we call these income bands. If you hear us talk about income bands, it's not a it's not a band music, it's uh, this, these levels of income. So any questions about that? It's making sense. Okay, good. All right. 
So um, we're going to just talk a little bit about what to expect related to the upcoming goals and policies that will be um, threading through the commission for review. And uh, you know, we'll. I think one thing that's really important that I, I don't see listed here. I, my, uh, my shortfall on that. But we've got a lot of great public engagement, and um, and uh, Elise presented kind of those common themes that we're hearing. So we're very aware of that. We've been working with the engagement team, and as we start to draft goals and policies, we're thinking about those things that the community has said that's really important to them. So we're aligning with that. We're also aligning with those lenses that I talked about earlier, the climate, the equity, and housing lenses. We're um, required to align, oh, we're aligned with the vision, of course, and also we're required to align with the State Growth Management Act, that's that GMA, and the, the regional plan, which is PSRC's Vision 2050, it has what we refer to, so there's so many acronyms in planning, but we refer to them as MPPs, multi-county planning policies. And it has, and we also need to look at King County's countywide planning policies, CPPs, as well as recent legislation such as House Bill 1220 and other um, legislation that was enacted last year, House Bill 1110, 1337, and so on. So we're looking, we're doing that work um, for you, and we'll be presenting updated goals and policies for your consideration that align with all of those regulatory requirements. At the same time, we want to make sure this plan is concise, easy to read, friendly, readable, um, not redundant, not overly uh, detailed in terms of, you know, overly burdened with too much text and too much detail. And just make sure that the language is really appropriate as, as a goal and policy uh, language framework. So, as we mentioned, we'll be bringing those to you starting in February. We'll be in the February meeting, we'll be starting that process out, we'll be introducing the first two elements to you and, and uh, kind of walking through the goals and policies and some of the work that we've done. And then we'll hand it over to you, we'll give you Word documents, and you will be able to um, put comments in those, give those back to us. And then you'll have, an, you know, We'll set deadlines so it's very clear, but you'll have at least two to three weeks to look at those. And then in the next meeting, we'll discuss your comments publicly, um, so as part of an, an open public meeting here. And then um, we'll introduce the next module in that same meeting for discussion. And we'll just keep going through that cycle until eventually you've had the opportunity to comment on all the different elements in the plan, and then we'll present the full draft plan all together as one document to you for review. And then, of course, your uh, responsibility will be to review and make a recommendation to City Council. Um, so they'll be the adopting body for the plan, but you will be doing all the technical review and making a recommendation um, to them. So anything else we need to say about that? Is that sounding good? Okay, good. So just a little bit of a preview here. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's not working. Try it again. There we go. All right. So we'll be giving you a document in Word, and it will be in a matrix format. And I'm just going to show you kind of a preview here of the matrix on two slides. We split it out just because it's kind of wide. <laughs> But uh, basically, you will see the existing goals and policies that are in the plan, and then our review of how those align with the three lenses, climate, housing, equity, and social justice. So we're using, this will all, we'll, we'll talk about this again next month, but we're using this um, approach that's similar to um, other work going on across the region where we look at if, if the goal or policy is supportive of that particular theme or lens, is it approaching being supportive, um, can it help to achieve the intent but still not quite sufficient in how it's written now, 
or is it challenging? Is it not really getting um, to the intent of meeting that? And when we know that it's really approaching or challenging, then we know, hey, we need to make some changes here, or we might need to create a new goal or add a policy. So that's that's really us kind of going through, making the soup, <laughs> you know, looking at the ingredients and putting it together. And we'll put these comments in this matrix when you get it, so you'll be able to see the work that we've done. And then the other columns that you see there are just notes on themes and then the compliance with state, regional, and county requirements. And that are that's those multi-county planning policies, the MPPs, and the countywide planning policies, the CPPs. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and then, so then the next part of the matrix will be looking at proposed goal or policy language. And um, we'll, we'll break that down as well. So we'll have some new language in there. And then we'll talk about, you know, how that aligns with different MPPs and CPPs and the reasons for the changes. So you'll be able to see all that work, but you'll also be able to comment on it and ask questions in the document so that we can deliberate and talk about that in our meetings. I think we go to the next one. This might be the last one. Yeah. And typically before discussion, we see if anyone has comments in the I'll turn it back over to you. So that concludes our presentation. And before we get into discussion and discussion questions, I do see we have uh, maybe some folks signed up for a comment. And I believe comments happen before discussion. OK. Go ahead, we, we do have um, Kathleen Russell. And she would like to talk. Um, you are unmuted. Kathleen Russell, resident of Shoreline. My comment relates to the earlier presentation by staff and is presented for the Planning Commission discussion this evening. In the 2022 Climate Action Plan, pages 45 to 46, it is recommended to preserve existing trees, protect existing trees, retain trees, and expand tree planting. In Shoreline Municipal Code 2020-048, there are definitions for tree, tree canopy, significant tree, trees including broadleafed, coniferous, deciduous, and evergreen. In 2020-050, the urban forest definition is defined as quote, all trees within the city limits and the various ecosystem components that accompany these trees. There is no code definition for nature. During the comprehensive plan outreach to the community, the urban forest is referred to as nature. Parks are parks, green space is green space, but trees are identified as nature. We asked the Planning Commission to take action tonight to remove the word nature as cited in various sentences and replace with urban forest, which is defined in the Shoreline Municipal Code. In addition, Save Shoreline Trees has submitted a revision to the comp plan draft vision, page 6A6, bullet two, a model for sustainability as follows. Shoreline strives to be an environmentally sustainable community. The city continues to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by prioritizing investments in public transit, bike and pedestrian infrastructure, the retention and increase of the existing tree canopy and the addition of green spaces within the city. This will ensure that the retention of the existing tree canopy is clearly stated. We hope you will discuss this this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Hoxman, are there others? I have no other speakers. Thank you. Okay, thank you. All right, and then we can open it up for discussion. Uh, we, I know that staff has the questions here that um, 
perhaps we can answer for them. But does anybody else, uh, does anybody have any questions about the presentation tonight? No. Okay. Everything's pretty straightforward. Yes, Commissioner Callahan. Um, I wanted to ask about, um, we've been seeing a lot of headlines about school enrollment being down um, in all of your, um, I know the schools are trying to do these population estimates as well, but have you taken into consideration some of their uh, projections and thinking too? Want me to respond? Sure. Okay. Thank yes, thank you. So that will be something that we we do as part of the planning process is coordinate with the school district. But as you mentioned, they do their own planning, and so we won't be doing that for them, but just um, making sure that we note uh, some basics about uh, about their projections and their planning process and that we form this bond of communication with them is really important in the plan, so we will be doing that, yeah. One of, and just to, as an aside, one of the things that we might be looking at is just how how their demographics are changing as well, you know, in terms of um, different uh, household sizes or, or not um, in the community and how that might be affecting enrollment, um, where students are living, maybe that's changing as well. So those are some of the things that the city will continue to work with them on. Anybody else? All right, everybody sees the questions on the screen. Does anybody have any questions? Anybody have questions about these questions? <laughs> there, how's that? Vice Chair Ramachandran. May I comment something related to maybe one of the questions? Uh, please, yes. Uh, the comment. Um, I would like to make is associated with, uh, it's really a general comment when we look at the comprehensive plan. Uh, when we first began and the pre comprehensive plan was being presented and the community was also speaking to the issue of safety, uh, one of the things that we asked, are there some low-hanging fruits that the city could work on while the comprehensive plan is actually going ahead. In other words, we can't wait until the plan is adopted, yet we have some immediate safety uh, things that uh, need to be handled. And I just wanted to kind of comment on that and say that I know it's really a multi-layered, when we talk of safety, it's really multi-layered. It's not just go fix this and it's a done deal. But um, I've seen some, so many things done those low-hanging fruits done by the city, and I really wanted to kind of say that is good work done. I've seen our maintenance crews come in and clean up the streets and make the streets walkable and cut down some of the vegetation that needed to be trimmed down. I've seen them do that. I've seen our law enforcement officers come in and help businesses. Uh, I know some of the big businesses actually hire their own security personnel. But I've seen all that stuff uh, happening so there's that sense of uh, change and that sense of safety. And I thought while we're dealing with the comprehensive plan that probably it would be a good thing to also when, as the plan continues to let all the departments that are involved in that uh, know that there's a kudos to say, thank you. There's a thank you that I wanted to kind of mention. Then uh, the other part is uh, really the question that I needed to comment when we talk of, of the comprehensive plan uh, is public engagement. I think we, as a team, you guys began from a good place. You kind of defined the scope of what you think the work looks like. Uh, you went and got a city council's approval on the plan. Uh, I participated in some of that and I'm I appreciate seeing my picture on one of those. Uh, when I told my colleagues that I was laughing, you put one of those pictures there, so it, it's, it's fun. So I'm really, I'm, what I'm saying this to say that it's really very good to see the work that you are doing and the effort that you're putting in in making sure that people are engaged. Uh, then there are flyers that I know that we send out 
I've seen posters, I've seen all kinds of stuff on the street with different kinds of languages, but I also know we send flyers, and sometimes those flyers, it's not for lack of our communication. Sometimes people just get the flyer and put it straight in the recycle bin. Mm -hmm. Hence, when you talk of parade, uh, 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 parading tactics of communication and the need to continue putting that word there, it is important that we do that because the more we do, the greater. But I really wanted to highlight the work that you all have done. Uh, all those town meetings, it's a lot of work. I've seen people work really very late at night. So I wanted to say thank you as a comment. So those two pieces of comments uh, and all that, just within that comprehensive plan, the effort itself, that it's a really good effort. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I agree. Uh, yes, Commissioner Hi. Lynn. I just have a quick uh, question. Um, if the, um, the schedule on reviewing and commenting the, those proposed elements, um, do we have counting in, like the, you know, there will be new commissioners probably uh, uh, higher, do, do we count that time in? So basically I'm asking if the schedule is too aggressive? We discussed this as a group of when to, understanding that we will have a number of new uh, planning commissioners, is it possible to delay? And with the deadline provided by the state and what it takes uh, to get in front of city council and be mindful of their process when we <laughs> ran the calendar a number of times we found that this this schedule is um, what we're going to try to meet in order to meet the state deadlines provide city council adequate time so it does it, it does start and not really stop <laughs> for for a number of months um, but that is uh, sort of the the reality of uh, of the comprehensive plan and its uh, requirements and that's why we had this approach that uh, Mandy's introduced to you about really having try, trying to have a two touch at least option mm -hmm. and uh, we do have a little bit of wiggle room in there so if we needed additional or you wanted to go back to something want to feel like that's still still possible you know we can if we have clear communication and expectations that we can make that work um, but just to wait for new commissioners we uh, we didn't have that much wiggle room <laughs> so. uh, just, just glad that it's accounted in the possible have some flexibility mm -hmm. Yeah, part of the new commissioner orientation will be a lot about the comprehensive plan, kind of just giving a lot of training and background um, so they'd be somewhat prepared to come in April, first meeting of April to, to jump into the work. And, and I might just add that uh, we're starting off with some of the elements that maybe are not as complex um, even though the environment's really important and, um, you know, it'll be important to discuss a lot of the aspects of that. But I think um, land use and housing are, are going to be very complex related to the legislation and requirements that we need to follow. So I think the new commissioners will be on, on board by then, by the time we get to those topics. So just wanted to make sure that was mentioned. Yeah. Commissioner Mosher. Actually, I did have a question on the housing one in regards to the schedule. So when we're looking at the middle housing obviously has like the legislative components, but then there's actually like the, the municipal code section of it. So when we're talking about housing, are we just talking about the goals, policies, just in the comprehensive plan, and then like the rest of it is a follow-on up to the deadline by the state next that's year? Right. Or are we really packing it all in? Because that's a big topic in what April and May. What a good question. Our goal is to specifically around middle housing to I guess, yes, pack that in. <laughs> it's, um, it's really an opportunity where we can see that our goals and policies and actual regulations, like the zoning rules, are in complete alignment, <laughs> um, which right now we know that they're not <laughs> and need a lot of work. So this is an opportunity to say, okay, 
here's a goal and policy about middle housing, for example. And now, what does that look like when it's implemented? So I think it'll be a really good exercise for us to understand, okay, we're staying lofty with a comp plan, but like, let's talk about impact, and this is a, a unique opportunity to get to do that. So it'll be a lot, but we'll be mindful of how we package and present it. Um, so hopefully it is accessible. <laughs> is that one where we think we have the possibility with flexibility to extend it? It's, that's a big topic for the city. I know anecdotally people are nervous about it. You can see it in the comments just to give people. Yeah, I think that that might be a, an excellent yeah. <laughs> candidate for, yeah. for additional meetings, yeah. Thank you. Commissioner Brinson. Just to clarify, there, there will be additional sort of ordinance language after the comp plan for the middle housing implementation. With our, regards to code changes, or our goal is to have that uh, passed concurrently, or basically right after. Did I get that schedule right? Yeah. So as we're planning, as we uh, have mapped it out, and the schedule reflects this, as will be, there's of course several development regulation or code amendments that'll be necessary just to align with the comprehensive plan in general. But then also middle housing, our goal is to take that package of middle housing amendments in the development code at the same time as the comprehensive plan. Okay. So when you all have um, the final comp plan in front of you in late summer, early fall for recommendation, you'll have along with it a set of development code amendments that would implement the middle housing policies and then the council would take a similar path. Got it, thank you. Anybody else? Do you guys have any questions of us? So I guess regarding the, back to that, the one big lofty topic and just it affecting everybody, are you at all worried that in the outreach we got if you add up all the comments, maybe 3,000 responses out of 61,000 people. Are we at all worried that when we talk about housing, we're not going to get enough comments back? Like, or that we're gonna to have to do like more engagement or find a new path to engagement? So uh, specific to, so there's, I have this divvied in my mind basically because there's two different grant pools and one grant cannot fund the work of the other, so I think that's influencing how I'm describing this, so bear with me. <laughs> um, on the topic of middle housing regulations, so not goals and policies, regulations, we have a separate grant to draft those, and that includes public outreach on those regulations, which I think people often have an easier time responding to in terms of public outreach of getting their getting their um, arms wrapped around it to say, yes, I'd like to see this, or no, I wouldn't. So we will have that moving forward and additional outreach on that topic. We will also, <laughs> from a separate grant-funded pool about the goals and policies, be talking about the housing element as a whole, of which middle housing goals and policies are included. Um, we will be doing additional outreach when we have draft goals and policies, again, for people to respond to, because it's tricky about the topic of housing for people to necessarily feel that they can give meaningful feedback to the city. So our approach is going to be to have some draft language, convene some groups, share that language, and say, is this meeting, hitting the mark, meeting the needs, is there something else that you want to see? So there will be additional outreach on the goals and policies as well. Okay. And we have, for the, for the first one, that has the examples that people grab parents around, we have examples that we're producing, like, that are based on, like, a city of shoreline kind of precedent that are helpful. Because I know a lot of the middle housing one comes from Opticoast, or I can't remember the name. But they're all kind of ethereal, and it's just like a block, and we don't have a standard block or a standard street grid. And I think that would be good for us to have as part of that when we get there, something more contextual to the city with our weird lots and stuff, because otherwise it's kind of just out there. And yes, I, don't know, I don't know if that's what we have in our grant or not. <laughs> but since it's January and we're talking about it in April, you know. 
<laughs> so let's say we don't have it yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. I, yeah, I would just add, I mean, I think the bottom line is, yes, we will be spending a lot more time unpacking the topic of middle housing, the, the development regulations and all of that. And, and to Elise's point, yeah, kind of running in, in tandem with this work will be some opportunity for additional engagement, especially around kind of the, the look and the form and design standards and some of those more practical things that would be feeding into the regulations. All right. Thank you so much. This is, you guys are doing excellent work. Thank you, Ms. Roberts. Appreciate your um, work as well. All right. We're good. Thank you. Uh, we will move on then to unfinished business. Is there unfinished business tonight? New business tonight. Nothing. Uh, reports and announcements. Does anybody have any thing? Quiet night. Uh, what is the agenda for the next meeting then? Uh, so on February 1st, we'll be back to talk about the 2024 Comprehensive Plan update <laughs> on the and introduce the natural environment and the shoreline master program elements. Okay. Great. All right. Thank you. We are adjourned. <laughs>